Hi, you're listening to Femtech in Asia, an interview series brought to you by the Dell HQ, offering a glimpse into the world of femtech and sexual wellness in Asia. My name is Karen, I'm the founder of the Dell HQ and your host for the interview series. I hope you enjoy what we have for you. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Femtech in Asia. My name is Karen, I'm the founder of the Dell HQ and Femtech in Asia is your window into the world of Femtech and sexual wellness in Asia. Today we have with us Umira from Yin. Hi Umira. Hi everybody. Um, Hi, I guess, well, good, good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so I approached Ami uh, Umira on Instagram to do an interview because I don't know if the, the audience knows this, but last year in 2020, towards the last quarter, um, there was suddenly, you know, these the the boom in um, home kits for for birth control. I'm sorry, home kits yeah. at home services for birth control, and Yin was one of them. So um, we're very happy. Well, I'm very happy to have Umira here with me today because um, they're live in Singapore and Malaysia in a really short time, and yeah. if I'm not wrong, launching in New Zealand soon, right? Yes, correct. You're so if you can tell us a bit one. about um, Yin and yourself and how yeah. how the business came about. Absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me today, Karen. Oh, it was so lovely bumping onto you on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought? I mean, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? That's how modern um, business relationships start, right? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you brought, you, I was like browsing all my chats and I was like, oh my God, hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, Yin is definitely in a very interesting space. And I think um, my co-founder and I, who unfortunately wasn't able to join us tonight, but um, we started Yin about six, four months ago. Wow. Um, this is something we put together in a month and we... The purpose behind Yin is so much bigger. We wanted to help and educate women in Southeast Asia and providing them with a service that is accessible as well as affordable. I think that's very important because understanding different socioeconomics as well. And we want to offer a service that is no different to a premium service. So you pay on the low, but you essentially getting a premium service. So that's what something we started. And I think with Snell's past experiences with Rosemary, um, it just sort of was the perfect match to start something and, you know, to help women primarily. Um, in terms of expanding into multiple different countries, though, our purpose was to reach out to as many women as we could, um, create a strong community, because I think if anything, COVID has taught us that you're not confined to one space. We wanted women to meet women. We wanted to connect women in Singapore with women in New Zealand. We wanted to create that women community so that they could exchange stories, create open boundaries and truly understand the different possibilities out there. So that was what Yin was all about. We, we wanted to create that very strong community of women supporting women. So yeah, we definitely are in an exciting space and there's so much more to achieve. And I think just in terms of like the countries we expanded to, it is, has been truly incredible meeting so many different women and hearing their stories and connecting with them. Um, we truly could not be more excited and happy to be here today. I mean, one thing really uh, caught my attention when you said, how did you put this together in a month? <laughs> 
<laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, that's I would incredible. Say, and you're only four months old, young. Yeah, we are very young. Um, to be very honest, I need to credit a big chunk of it to my co-founder, Sunil. I think his experience with Rosemary and the connections that he has established in the last years has truly tremendously helped the business where it is today. We were able to put contracts and put people together within weeks. We yeah. had pre-planned relationships and everything just sort of fell in place really, really well. Uh, we had a strong tech team that was able to support us in such a short turnover, literally in three <clears throat> weeks. It was incredible. Um, so wow, yeah, it, it's amazing. Yes, I mean, we obviously, had many sleepless nights we had so many zoom calls like it was it was a crazy month i think in a pandemic with everything happening around and it was it was something it is very challenging but it's truly something that you live for i think to see something from zero to a hundred it was amazing yeah i can imagine that feeling must be incredible um yeah i also wanted to ask uh are you where are you from? I mean, you and your co-founder Sunil, because the you have launched uh, first in Singapore and Malaysia. Are you guys from there? Yeah, so it's a very interesting story actually. Um, Sunil and I are both Malaysians. Um, we grew up in Malaysia, but um, were then sent overseas at a very young age. Um, so Sunil practically grew up in New Zealand, and I grew up in Australia. So at the moment, I'm based in Melbourne in Australia and Sunil's in New Zealand. Um, we had plans to go back and be in Singapore actually when we started Yin, but oh. because of COVID <laughs> and the whole situation, we had to put a bit of a pause on the mm -hmm. plans. But um, ultimately, we that is also why we started Yin in Southeast Asia because of our friendships, my friendships and relationships that I have with my girlfriends back home we realized that there was a significant gap in terms of education, accessibility, just knowledge around the idea. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit about where we are from actually. How, what are your girlfriends saying about the service and as much needed in, in the countries? Cause so I'm from Singapore and I know that to get birth control pills, you need to visit the clinic to get a prescription. So mm -hmm. such a service is, really appreciated i think in singapore where you can do it from the comfort yeah. of your home how is that in malaysia yeah. it is actually very interesting because unlike singapore and the the special thing about southeast asia is that each country is so unique yeah. um, whereas comparatively if you look at australia and new zealand it's very similar you need a prescription regardless so when we started this in southeast asia it was we wanted to make sure that we were providing a very trustworthy and equipped service to the women. So regardless whether you need a prescription or not, we wanted to make sure that we had a doctor on board and we had a doctor on hand to make sure that the advice that is given to women is is of solid nature. It's not just, we don't, we don't want, we want to make sure that despite whether you are new or whether you are in birth controls, number one is to know that you have a support of a doctor or a pharmacist on hand to be able to guide you through your process. I think that's very important because you may come across scenarios where you're unsure how to tackle them and you need immediate support. So I think regardless in Malaysia, um, 
knowing that a prescription is not necessary, we do still require every person to complete a consult online, which is then reviewed by our doctor or a pharmacist, a qualified pharmacist, who would only review the patient's history and then prescribe a pill. So we are very diligent and we are very thorough in our processes just to make sure that everyone is well taken care of. Actually, that, that segues really nicely into my next question, which I should have asked earlier, but could you walk us through the process of the customer experience on Yin? Yeah, absolutely. So with Yin, it's uh, it's a mobile or it's an online service, essentially. So all you have to do is sign up to our platform, complete a questionnaire, and this questionnaire covers every aspect of whether you're new to birth controls, you're currently using one, or you have not been using one in the time, but you're not new to the concept. So with that, you answer a series of questions that covers all your health background, which you typically have to address when taking birth controls. Um, this questionnaire typically lasts for about, I think, two to five minutes, depending mm-hmm. on what sort of um, person you are. Once that's done, you pay for your consult in Malaysia or you pay for your membership in Singapore. And from there, uh, the team reviews it and prescribes, and then you just pay for your pill. And within seven days is when the whole process takes about three to seven days. So we ultimately achieve everything within three days. But um, worst case scenario, depending sometimes there can be follow-ups between the doctor and the patient. And we make sure that everything gets shipped out within the seven days. And what are the kinds of, what is the clientele, the demographics that you're seeing on the app, on this service? Um, very interesting. Um, we're getting women as young as 18 and as old as 40. So um, initially, that's what we targeted at the end of the day. I think um, we did a study and we did some research knowing that there is, there's, there's, you have your group between 18 to like 25 and then you have that group between 25 that are 30 and then you have that 30 to 40 stage. So there are different cycles that which women are on and off birth control. Um, but ultimately, um, yeah, we've, we've had an interesting demographic of women and it was so interesting getting, connecting with them and speaking to them and hearing from them was definitely very, very nice. And, um, I mean, do you have any bad experiences trying to get birth control? Was it something that also stemmed from personal experience? Because I know a lot of femtech sexual wellness businesses, a lot of it stems from personal bad experiences that women go through when visiting the doctors. Just was wondering if that's something that's true in your case too. Because I mean, I've been to the doctor to try to ask for birth control pills at a young age, and yeah, like I didn't want to be there. Right? Didn't want to be in the <laughs> didn't want to be in the doctor's room. And just yeah. like, don't look at me. I'm just here in and out. Yeah, no, I think there is definitely, that element definitely does exist, but I can't say it was from me personally, because I've been very fortunate to be exposed to a very different culture um, growing up, especially in that crucial years of 18 to 25. Um, What did trigger Yin was the fact that when I used to go back to Malaysia for holidays, there was this significant gap in terms of like questions of oh you take birth control oh what did they do exactly Mm -hmm. how long can I take them for I mean 
Um, to me, these are very basic concepts. And I think here in Australia, you it's so normal to have a consult with a doctor and they spend sufficient time with you. I mean, it's, it's easy as calling up the pharmacist and they will guide you through the whole process. So I was very guided when I did have the experience over here, but um, um, it was very interesting to go back to Malaysia and it was a completely foreign concept. So um, I think from their perspective, that was something that triggered Yin, but personally it wasn't something that came from me. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was talking to a few younger women today. And mm -hmm. so I'm 36 this year. Well, no, actually, scratch that, I'm 37. Um, yeah. And I was just saying how during my time when I was growing up, like being in teens as a teenager, there really wasn't any form of sort of alternative sources of information where you could go to educate yourself on your sexual health and reproductive yeah. health, right? And yeah. I think it's so lucky that kids growing up now in their teens, they're exposed to all different, you know, more um, informative and educative choices that they can make. And I mean, yeah. that's really great. What is um, what is the mission for Yin? Um, Yin's mission is actually very special to us. Um, to my co-founder and I, we plan to democratize um, access to birth control pills and information around birth control pills primarily, but that's not just the, that's not just what Yin is about. Um, there are many more things that Yin will um, expand into, but we will reveal that closer to time. But ultimately, is providing accessible and safe healthcare to women, creating a community for women to know that you're strong. You know, you you have support. I think it's it could be just as much as you want to talk about a situation or you just want to flick a question and not be judged um, in these sort of concepts. It's very important to create a community, um, especially in Asia where you see, you see the inequality of the Western culture rising and supporting women. It's just as important for us to make sure that in Southeast Asia, women feel like they can make their own choices. I mean, it's up to you if you want to go on birth controls or not, yeah. that's perfectly fine. And we use it for various different reasons. Um, but to know that you can make that choice and you should be able to make that choice is very important. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a very exciting journey. And what have you learned about yourself on this journey? I mean, that's pretty intense oh. going from <laughs> zero to a hundred in a month and launching um, two countries in four months. <laughs> um, if there's anything um, I've learned is that our human body is incredible. You can, the adrenaline rush of not getting any sleep for a few days and working and it's just incredible um, you learn so much about yourself you grow so much with your team um, I think personally for me I've never always been a tech person and what Yin has taught me is to literally pick up back up my socks and like <laughs> figure it out you know like I was I mean I, I remember there were days at the very beginning where I was like I don't even know what EDMs are or rather I don't even know how to trigger an EDM like but it was something as so simple as putting a flow through and I'm like wow okay how am I meant to know about that um so it was very very interesting and it's very fun and I think um 
my knowledge and understanding and growth is tremendous in the last two months. Um, I would, I mean, I, I'm sure you understand, this is no easy journey and it's no easy part. And I think COVID has not made anything easier, but I think if anything, it has tested our abilities and I've never taken no for an answer, let's put it this way, in these last two months, whether it's calling people and screwing them up, but um, no is never an answer. That's actually us, a skill. Least. That's actually a skill. <laughs> yes. And it, it, it's so it's so interesting, right? Because I've always been like this nice person and I, and I still am, don't get me wrong. But then it's come to a stage where, you know what, I'm, I've had enough. So I'm just going to give you a call and this is what's going to happen. And that's it. I'm doing it for um, the business. <laughs> yes. So it is, it is very interesting. I think you learn so many different sides of yourself. Um, yeah. It's, it's good. Um, I mean, I guess also in producing content for the brand, I'm sure you're also learning every day a lot about the female body, um, about female health. How, I'm actually curious, how is the sexual education like in Australia where you went to school versus what your girlfriends say about the sexual education in Malaysia that they received? Is it um, a lot more comprehensive? I, I actually came here for college and uni. Um, so I went to school in Malaysia, mm -hmm. um, whereas my co-founder, who is a male, I mean, he doesn't have much exposure to this, but um, he grew up in New Zealand. Um, but in terms of my personal preference, growing up in Malaysia in schools, we were not exposed to such education. Um, it basically just came from home or you would read up about it. And it was definitely very different. Um, when I came over here in Australia and I was speaking to my friends about it, their exposure was different. The education was different. So, but on that note, though, I think the cultures are very different. You've got to respect that as well. I, yeah. You wouldn't expect an Australian culture in Malaysia, for example. Yeah. Um, but what is nice to see is that now they're imposing education to younger children. I mean, that is so important because we still did well, but we're, I mean, our generation is very knowledgeable around this as well um, but it's also nice to see that you have the younger and the next generation being exposed to this from a very young age things can be yes. very different for them the choices they make could be different we don't know so yeah yeah I mean I don't know if it's true or if it's not but I always feel that the Gen Zers are yeah. kind of really a lot more I guess informed and yeah. asking questions you know I mean yeah. I think about myself growing up and it wasn't talked about but I had no idea that it wasn't talked about it just wasn't there right and it wasn't something that you just go and ask or or search for so yeah correct we... so it, it was pretty much the same and yeah. which is why I think it's so nice to see people a bit more open about it I mean you at the end of the day, you've got to respect cultures all said and done. Yeah, exactly. It's a differentiating point with countries. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to see at least you're incorporating knowledge. And with Gen Z, I think they're such an interesting breed. And it's such a fun time because <laughs> their concepts and their exposure to the world is so different to what I was growing up with or I dare say what you were growing yes. up with. Um, so it's definitely very interesting to see which direction they go into. But 
for TikTok and space, I think it is quite fun. I would put it that way. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> do, you, um, do you have any standout testimonials that, you know, come to the front of your mind? Are there any um, memorable client stories, customer stories? Yes, actually. We we receive a touching story every other day, I would say. Wow. I would say. Um, we get messages of, on Instagram saying, thank you so much for doing this for the women in Asia. Um, thank you. Just, you know, just a lot of thank yous and sometimes it's very overwhelming because you're like okay am I doing the right thing do you am feel I a lot of responsibility right <laughs> it is it is a very big responsibility and that's why um, I think having a very solid team as yeah. well and Yin has always practiced the concept that if we feel that you're not ready we don't push it yeah. sometimes we get customers signing up and they have questions and and we say you know what that's fine. You will, we, we are happy to refund you your fee and your membership. Take your time. Think about it. When you're ready, come back to us. The one thing about us is that we're not hungry for customers and we encourage people to be wanting to be part of the platform, but we're not here to scheme you for it. Because yeah. um, it's a very competitive industry and I think a lot of people will be looking at acquiring customers. You know, yes. you have so many different competitors in Singapore alone. And I think one thing we've realized is when it comes to a business like that, you can't force women to be part of you. you they, want, they have to want to be part of your community. They have to yeah. want to involve. And that's a decision as a user you've got to make. I mean, we can only do so much. Yeah. And, but in terms of, you know, the testimonials we received, it is very, very beautiful. Um, I must say some of the best messages we've ever received um, personally. How how do uh, uh, customers usually find you? Um, so at the moment we uh, we're we're Yin is at a stage that we are relaunching the whole brand in a month actually. Mm -hmm. um, so at present, customers are finding us via Instagram. So we communicate a lot on Instagram. We have a reasonable following, and I think a lot of it has in the last month or so has come from a word of mouth. So it's very interesting um, because we can we can track the customer journey and we realize like, oh, okay, um, this is something we've not done in this region. Mm. So it's interesting to see you pop up in this area. So it's very, um, yeah. Has there been any implementations that have resulted, uh, that have occurred as a result of customer feedback? Something that maybe you guys um, didn't see in the customer journey? Yes, there were there were a couple of improvements, and like I said, um, Yin is only a three to four month yeah. old company. We're hitting out the four month mark, and we wanted to start this and validate the idea, but we have been so overwhelmed with responses. That's why we are escalating our rebrand, and we have a whole new concept coming out in the month. Um, with that concept, we have taken as much customer feedback as we could in the last four months to reiterate on this new um, launch. Um, and I think one thing that we took very right in our hands was customer feedback. So mm -hmm. actually my co-founder and I, we were actively getting in touch with people. We wanted to hear firsthand of what could be better and what are your pressing points. The super and 
yeah, we're super hands-on. We did everything. We did the packaging. We did the every customer journey, every customer questionnaire, every customer question, everything you could possibly think of. We were like, yeah, we want to fully understand mm-hmm. what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Because like I said, um, the whole thing about Yin is we're not just another business, yeah. but we're positioning excuse my English ourselves <laughs> as a support community that yeah. offers and takes care of your needs at the end of the day like I said we can't force you to be with us but you yourself should want yeah. to be with us because you believe in what we want to do yeah I think that's beautiful so yeah so it is um so yeah it is definitely a lot of things I think um we learned and like I said I think everything you start you're gonna have there's going to be a few things that you're going to miss out on. Like you can't help it. And some things were actually very interesting, you know, um, in terms of like turnarounds, communication, things like that, which we are improving. We've taken everything down and it's all being reflected in a few weeks, hopefully. Well, last question. Um, And I feel like I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Is there anything you wish that you guys would have done differently? from um, to now, ideation to now? To be honest, yes. Um, I think there were a few execution decisions that I think we could have done differently. But on the hindsight, I think every startup, you learn as you grow. That's what startups are all about. You make mistakes, you learn, you reiterate, and you grow from there. So to be honest, Yes, there were two major execution decisions that we could have taken and done differently. Um, but at the end of the day, we are thankful for the experience because because of that, we are now 10 times, we have like a 10 step procedure before making another decision in that sense, um, leading to that. So I think the biggest lesson here is that startups are no easy journey um i think every day is a different story every second it's a different idea it's a different <laughs> you you could probably do 10 things to that business but you've got to pick and choose so we picked and choose we made some mistakes along the way um most importantly i'm very proud to say that at four months we have realized the biggest mistakes and we're already at we're reiterating the whole platform and making sure that doesn't happen again and I, and I can tell you that in, you know, in six months, we might make another mistake, but that's not going to stop us from doing what we want to do and achieving what we want to achieve. Because I think with mistakes, you become better with experiences. That's just how you learn. Well said. Yeah. I fully agree <laughs> <laughs> about no, is, picking and true. choosing, which is super difficult. Um, but yeah, you're right. You could do so many things with the one business and you just have to sit down you and, could. Like and focus and drill into that one thing. Correct. And, you know, it's so easy sometimes. We've had a stage of time where we sat back and we're like, damn, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have done this or we shouldn't have, you know, accepted that this was okay. But it's, it's I always feel it's easier to say now, but at that point of time, that yeah. did seem like the best option. At that yeah. point of time, that was the best pick. Um But to realize that now, and I think to know that you shouldn't be repeating those mistakes and you learn along the way, it is, that is what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, you, you pick yourself up and you're like, yeah, 
believe in it. At the end, it's not about, this is not a decision game. It's about believing in your vision and your mission to making sure that you grow with it. It's not just the company grows, you grow with it. So I'm like, yes, I fully understand what that means now. <laughs> well, I I fully understand too. Um, That's really yeah. all the time we have. So thank you, Ymir, so much for taking no the worries, time to Ken. do this interview with me. I Absolutely. wish you all the best and really I can't wait to see what you guys have for the relaunch. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was lovely speaking to you as well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Femtech in Asia podcast is available everywhere you get your podcasts. To see this interview and video, check out our YouTube channel, Adela HQ.